Welcome to Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 96, recorded April 5th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, push button ignition might make your car easier to steal, speakeasy disguised as a locksmith shop, brute forcing the Master Lock 1500 ID, another first pick, April Fool's Day fun and other video suggestions, criminals, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on either YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post links, but you can always find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Just a quick announcement before we get started. For the people that I have promised pack locks to, I haven't forgotten about you. I will be shipping them. I'm sorry for the delays. Just been too busy to get packaging and get them to the post office. Uh, same goes for the Lockie Awards graphic for the winners. Until my schedule settles down some, uh, I probably won't have time to finish that and contact all the winners. They are coming. First up in the news, this was actually sent by a couple of people, Jeff Moss and Pyrolock. Lockmasters and Time Master merge. Their announcement says, It is my pleasure to announce that Time Master has joined the Lockmasters family. The combined companies will be able to provide a greater portfolio of innovative products and services, develop products and tools using Lockmasters' customer-centric manufacturing and design expertise, give our customers reliable access to our expanded network of inventory, and deliver superior technical support through our 100 years of combined knowledge and expertise and offer industry-leading training and education. I actually don't know that much about Time Master, but for those of you in the industry, that might be important news. Then I came across an article this week called Push Button Start Ignition Makes Your Car Easier to Steal. They say despite modern technology making it seem as if car theft may be a thing of the past, it's far from it. The threat of a vehicle getting stolen is still much more prominent than one might think. In fact, in some cases, modern technology may make it easier for car thieves. Most notably, it seems that having the convenience of push-button ignition may make it much easier for thieves to steal your car than having a traditional key. According to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, a push-to-start car is definitely capable of being stolen. Worse yet, they report that the push-button start system with a proximity key fob makes it easier to steal a car than with a standard key. You may already be familiar with a relay attack, a method used to capture the key fob signal from inside a house and amplify it so the thieves can unlock the car's doors. However, the CBC reports that car thieves are turning to the more old-school methods of lockpicks as well. They say lockpick sets are incredibly cheap online and can make breaking into car take only a matter of seconds. They also say that locksmith kits with tools used to pry open doors are available on websites like Amazon for under $40. And they, they stress this point, if that doesn't concern you, the next part should. For under $1,000, anyone can buy a key fob programming tool online. Once inside a car, thieves can simply plug in the device to the vehicle's OBD2 port and program a blank key fob to match the vehicle's push-button ignition system. So in a matter of just minutes, thieves can get into your car, make a clone of your key, 
and this allows them to drive off as if they have the original key. They continue to say that apparently this is a common occurrence in Canada right now, and cars are frequently stolen right outside of people's homes and shipped overseas. The stolen vehicles keep appearing on West African Marketplace site called Gigi, the cars frequently appearing with their Canadian license plates still on them. The cars are selling for over double their Canadian value, as they are quite sought after in West Africa. Canadian police say that 80 to 85% of cars stolen in Canada are linked to criminal organizations overseas. They say the crime ring's execution of these thieves is systematic and hard to stop. They steal the car, leave it in a cool-down location to ensure it isn't being tracked. Once thieves are convinced it isn't, it is driven to a Montreal or Halifax port and loaded on shipping containers to go overseas. And the article continues to stress this point, which I think is very important to acknowledge. They say, unfortunately, there are no regulations on the tools required to clone a key. So there aren't many tips we can give push-button car owners to prevent theft. Parking inside a garage or using some sort of other locking device may be the only real solution. And remember to be mindful where you park your car. So this and another story I'll share here in the criminal section are both consistent with a trend I've been seeing more and more in these articles. The blame is being put on the availability of the knowledge and the tools, not the fact that manufacturers are trading security for convenience. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a push to restrict and possibly criminalize the sale of locksmith tools and uh, stuff like that. So, something to keep an eye on. In an article out of New York, we have a speakeasy disguised as a locksmith shop. They say, don't bring any lock-related issues to keys and heels because, despite the convincing weathered locksmith and shoe repair front, this Upper East Side bar is only in the business of slinging food and drink. The restaurateur Massimo Lasardi is quoted as saying, I love the idea of maintaining something that is so visibly old New York. I wanted something that could appear out of the blue one day, yet hide in plain sight. So far, the New York native says the disguise has worked. He says it is often completely overlooked, as it looks so old people don't even notice it's new. I wanted it to be about privacy and making the whole space feel like a private room. Stepping through one thing and into another really transports you and allows room for the unpredictable. Keys and Heels had originally planned to open to the public in December, but due to the ongoing pandemic, it pushed its official opening to March. Walk-ins are now welcome Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 6 until late, and limited reservations can also be made online. It's an interesting uh, idea. Open a bar, but hide the fact that it's a bar. Kind of an elite club for those that actually know it's there. And you got to run articles in the paper like this so that you can get business. Seems kind of counterproductive in a way. We're going to hide the fact that we have a bar here so nobody walking by will know there's a bar there. Most people in the neighborhood won't know there's a bar there. So we got to get articles in the paper posted like this to get people to know there's a bar there. We're hiding from customers. Kind of strange, but a unique idea. And I noticed a question posted in a couple of the different discords by Picksmith about the history of challenge locks. So I thought I would share that here to, to maybe get some more help for this, for answering this question. 
I have a question if anyone knows. I'm working on a community project and I'm looking for information on what we call today challenge locks. Does anyone know the history of how it began? I know the history of lockmakers putting the challenge out to attempt to pick their locks. I am looking for how hand-making the locks and the passing around started. So if you have any unique information about the history of handmade challenge locks and the passing around of challenge locks, uh, head over to Discord and let Picksmith know. And we have what appears to be the first public pick on YouTube of the 836 Matura 3D by Pick. Uh, this is a pretty complex lock with three rows of pins and what appears to be two rows of unsprung sliders. He does do a pick and gut of the lock. It really looks like quite a complex lock and a difficult pick, so uh, be sure to go over there and check that out. And then iFisk shared a tweet by Christoph Atlas, brute forcing the Master Lock 1500 ID. The tweet said, The Master Lock 1500 ID features excellent resistance to physical attacks for cheap, but blank registration reversed a subset of combinations that tests 50% of possible combinations in less than two minutes. I defeated two in a couple of minutes and a link to a video titled Master Lock Speed Dial Style Lock Factory Code Brute Force Attack. The description of the video says, Speed dial style locks work like a hash function. The input sequence of directions of zero to infinite length. The output domain is one of 7,501 finite internal states. Given these facts, it follows that there are multiple, infinite in fact, ways to reach a given internal state. Said another way, if an input sequence is chosen at random, its output will collide with an infinite number of other input sequences. For the case of factory set codes, we can devise a brute force sequence which will check more valuable output states first, that is, states that cover many factory codes. We can also compute a shorter path through the states of interest than naively entering all possible inputs. In this way, we can exhaust half of the factory code input sequence in under two minutes. The brute force shown in this video should open all speed dial style locks when set to a factory code. And then there's an update in the description that says that it was pointed out that Nolans have been seen in the wild that have three consecutive directions in their factory code. This brute force sheet will miss those. Someday I will generate a sheet specifically for that. So an interesting and different way to attack a lock, also a very different style of lock than most, so worth checking out, I think. And Pyrolock shared a video from Schlage Security called Five Differences Between Schlage Primus RP and Primus XP. And Pyrolock said, something new from Schlage, if you follow the video to conclusion, the next video will show you how to convert Schlage Primus XP to RP, obverse keyways only. So, to be honest, I haven't had a chance to watch that video, but I uh, plan to here when I get some free time, because it sounds interesting, informative at least. And a video I did run across this week myself was How to Crack the Chubb Manifoil Mark IV by Boro. And the description says, in this video, I demonstrate how to crack the Chubb Manifold Mark IV 
This lock was used by the British MOD from around 1960 to 2008, as far as I can tell. But now it is fairly easy to get on eBay and is now somewhat common on private safes. The mechanism is pretty clever. However, it can be cracked fairly easily if you know how to. If you happen to have one of these locks, I strongly recommend trying to manipulate it as it is great fun. And it goes through a description of how the lock works and how to manipulate it. I thought it was an interesting watch, so maybe you want to check it out too. And then we all, of course, we also had our share of April 1st videos. This year, Locknoob put out two, the first one called 100K and Beyond, Outside the Box Thinking. Description says, sometimes you really need to think outside of the box if you want to get ahead and achieve your goals. It was a fun watch with a couple of uh, surprises, so you might want to check that one out. The next one is not family or work safe content, I don't think, so I haven't mentioned this before as far as the product. His video is a uh, review of a certain custom profile of Pick by X XB Mods, and it says the product keeps selling out. But XB Mods told me that there will be more on the way. While this is an April first video in terms of the tone and humor, the product is actually very real, and the video is appropriately marked on YouTube, so you won't be able to watch it unless you are signed in on an adult account. And of course, Lockpicking Lawyer, as always, did an April 1st video called How to Fill My Wife's Beaver. And I'll leave you to watch that to figure out what he's actually talking about. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts for this week, we have a new purple belt on Reddit for GPIC. Or Gee Pick, I'm not sure which it is. It's G-E-E -E Pick. And we have a new brown belt on the Discord for Arm Lock. So congratulations to both of you for your accomplishments. Keep up the uh, hard work. All right, it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to people that made this episode possible. I'll start with the Patreon subscribers. We have Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starry Lock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Arcoons and a Coat, Sherelle, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lockpicking. Chief content producer for this episode is going to be Sherelle. And other content producers for this episode are Albert LaBelle, Barebones Lockpicking, iFisk, Jeff Moss, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Michael Gilchrist, Pandafrog, Picksmith, Pyrolock, and Tony Verley. Thank you to everyone who shared information either on the discord or one of the other social media platforms that i'm on and remember the show is only possible because of the information and support sent in by the community so if you value this show please help support it by sending in your news links events giveaway information anything you have that you think the locksport community would like to know about everyone has their own little parts of the community that they take part in either on youtube or discords or in-person communities so if you come across something that you don't think others might know about, or even if you think everybody knows about it, they might actually not outside of your little social circle. So send it in here and I will try to share it as far as possible. Send that information to podcast at thelocksportscast.com, share it in my Discord, or any of the other social media links listed in the show notes. Don't forget to share the show with your lockpicking friends. Leave a review or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. 
You can subscribe to the audio podcast or the Odyssey or YouTube channels. You can donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to help financially. If you support the show with information I use or a donation, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact and just let me know if you would like it to be shared on the show or not. The next article I have to share is called Fletcher Man Trained as a Locksmith Charged for Theft of High-End Vehicle. They say a Fletcher Man is in the Buncombe County Detention Center and facing a long list of charges for expensive vehicles that law enforcement in two counties say he stole. The suspect faces charges ranging from possession of stolen motor vehicle to altered tags, according to court records. The sheriff's office said that suspect had been charged with possession of a stolen motor vehicle and numerous other charges related to stolen property and larceny, making for a total of 21 criminal charges in the county and a security bond of $219,500 on March 17th. He was arrested twice previously this year by BCSO, according to the public information officer. They say he is using key fobs a kit to make them, and a CK100 Auto Keys Pro Tool computer. In a search warrant, the BCSO detective said, Through past encounters, I know that he was trained as a locksmith. He has been found with master keys and bump keys in his possession on multiple occasions. These are the keys that locksmiths use to access locks. I have also personally recovered a set from him where the keys contained data cards used to access a vehicle's key fob code. The March 11th search warrant references an expensive Jeep, a 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee that was stolen from a local BMW dealership and recovered by the sheriff's office with the help from the Henderson Police Department. The Jeep is a Trackhawk, which is the SRT version of the Jeep and comes with a Dodge Hellcat engine. And it also says that the Jeep retails for $100,000 or more. The warrant also alleges that the suspect previously stole other expensive vehicles, such as a $70,000 BMW and a $90,000 boat. He attempted to steal the latter in Georgia, according to the warrant. The Henderson County Sheriff's Office served him with warrants for both that county and Buncombe County, according to the public information officer. And his charges in Henderson County were for first-degree trespass, traffic offense, and using a fraudulent license or fictitious tags. He waived his rights to an attorney for upcoming trials, according to court records. For someone who sounds like he might be pretty intelligent, being able to do all these thefts, waiving your right to an attorney is not a smart move, I tell you. But again, what you notice is stressed here is that it's the knowledge and the tools, the knowledge and the tools, the knowledge and the tools. Forget the fact that Chrysler products appear to be extremely easy to steal lately they're all over the news about being stolen but it is the knowledge and the tools that are being criminalized not the fact that these vehicles are evidently extremely easy for an intelligent criminal to steal all right moving on to sales this week uh bare bones lock picking use the code listen to the lock sports cast 2022 at checkout and or any of the other codes from the people on their Aussie resources page. And you can save a pretty good amount by piling up those codes at the current moment at barebonslockpicking.com. 
Or if you happen to be shopping at lockpickmall.com, you can use Albert LaBelle's code of Albert or Joe Pick's code of Joe Picks for 6% off of your purchase. Matt's Lockpick still has custom picks on sale on that site. Head over there and check that out if you're into custom picks. And if you go to 3DLockSport.com for some 3D printed Locksport accessories, you can save 10% with the code LSCAST10. And as always, over at MakoLocks.com, you can save 15% with the code BUYMAKO. And at UKLockPickers.co.uk, you can save 10% with the code GIFT. Giveaway section, pretty short this week. PandaFrog's Mini PandaFrog 2 giveaway is running until Mini PandaFrog 2 is born, which should be around the 8th of June. Four chances to win. Guess the birth date, guess the birth weight, guess the birth size, and there will be one random draw. Prize grows with the amount of entries, so the more people that enter, the better the prizes will get. So head over there and get in on that if you haven't already. And of course, there is the uh, hashtag LockBoss giveaway from CLK Supplies. If you're into giveaways, it's a good one to check out. They always have lots of good surprises running their giveaways consistently. So always a good one for people who enjoy a good giveaway. Remember to send me any information you have that's LockSport related, even if you don't think it's important or you think everybody else has probably sent it to me. There's a good chance they haven't because they're thinking the same thing. So send it in anyway. I would rather have way too much stuff in my inbox that I have to sort through than not have anything and have to go out and try and find it all myself. That takes a lot longer and a lot more work. So please save me some work and remember to keep it legal. 